Hi there, it's Lucia, host of the Witch Money podcast here. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about a really handy new tool from us here at Witch, and even better, it's free. It's called My Money Health Check. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions about your finances, and then we'll do the rest, pointing you towards our brilliant witch advice that we think you'll find really useful. Once again, that's My Money Health Checks. If you want help with cutting your bills or making your money go further, it's the place for you. Just head to witch.co.uk forward slash My Money Health Check. Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. I have some savings. Obviously, this is something that we write about so much, and I know that I'm missing out on interest. They should definitely not be in my high street bank savings account. Um, I know there's better options out there. So if we turn it down to 60 degrees Celsius, obviously first check what temperature it currently is at, but if we turn it down to 60 degrees Celsius or even slightly lower, then we can save upwards of £100 a year on that, and it shouldn't be a big thing, really, and you can save some money. If you're married or in a civil partnership where one of you is a basic rate taxpayer and the other is a non-taxpayer, I have good news for you. Welcome to our first show of 2023. And with the start of the new year, it's the perfect time or as good a time as any to get your finances in order. With the cost of living crisis continuing to bite, a recession on the way and energy bills rising again in April, we wanted to start the year with loads of advice and inspiration to help you save or make money in 2023. So in today's episode, which is part one of two, we'll be covering ways to save and next week it'll be on how to boost your income. And for today's show, I'm joined by two brilliant witch experts, deputy editor of Witch Money magazine, Sam Richardson and journalist Grace Witherden. Hello. Hiya. Hi both, thank you so much for joining us. Well, this first tip we have to mention today could save you hundreds or even around a thousand just on its own. And it's checking you're not overpaying on your council tax. Grace, can you tell us what this is all about and who it applies to? You might be surprised by the number of situations that actually qualify for a council tax reduction. If you're living on your own um, or you live with students or with someone that provides care and if you live with people in specific circumstances then you might be eligible for a council tax discount. Now we've got a full guide on this if you want to check that out on our website. You know if you live alone or you're with someone who would be disregarded for, for council tax purposes you can get a 25% discount on your bill. Now, the average band D council tax bill um, for 2022-23, if we we took that 25% discount, that would be a saving of £491.50. And if the whole household was disregarded, you get a 50% discount, which would obviously be a saving of £983. Now, these discounts aren't applied automatically. You know, you need to go and do some work and, and, you know, you need to contact your council if you think you're eligible, which is probably why a lot of people don't realise that they are entitled to this. This is such an important tip, Grace. And I should I should say, if you've been in this situation, you know, potentially for a number of years, is it something that you can backdate? 
Yeah, so I've been I've been looking into this and basically maybe is my answer. Uh, this is because councils set their own rules regarding backdating. So if they do allow it, you may need to explain why you hadn't claimed before. Um, so I had a little look at my local council um, and they will backdate it for six months uh, for working age people and for older people, they're backdated for three months. So it's worth checking on on your local council website when you apply because it might, it might not be a definite yes, but if it is, then obviously you're you're going to be entitled to a bit of extra money, which is great. So some very, very big savings to be had there. And as with so many of the tips we'll be hearing today, it's definitely one to share with friends and family, even if it doesn't, you know, apply to you. And while we're just on this topic, there are also some special discount broadband deals uh, for low income customers. I've got here, this could save you £250. And of course, this applies to benefits in general as well, just making sure that you're not missing out on help you're eligible for. Yeah, particularly with broadband. So you can get a social tariff um, if you're eligible. And these are special discounted deals available for certain low income customers. So they're generally cheaper than typical broadband tariffs. And some of them can start at just £12 per month. And they aren't subject to price rises or exit fees. They act as like a safety net for households that may otherwise struggle to afford their broadband. Actually, research by Ofcom found that 4.2 million households in the UK are actually eligible for these, but they're not as, you know, they're not as well known about. So it's definitely worth checking if you're eligible. That would likely be if, if you receive a means tested state benefits such as universal credit, pension credit or legacy equivalents. And on that subject, it's actually really important to check if you're entitled to any benefits that you're missing out on. So there's a handy calculator called Entitled To, and basically you can put in details about your circumstances and it will show if you're eligible for anything. We also have lots of guides on our website. Thanks, Grace. And can we start talking now then about some of our household bills? Some of our biggest advice is often switch, switch, switch. It's something we always say, and it could save you hundreds a year. So let's start with insurance, shall we? Sam, this is one for you. It applies to insurance. And recently, some comparison websites have even been offering deals that go one step beyond price matching, haven't they? Yes. So using a comparison site is is really the first step in saving an insurance, not letting your insurance just auto renew where your bill is likely to go up. So with comparison sites, it's worth using a few of them because they don't all have the same insurers and their panels and they don't all treat your answers in the same way, particularly if you've got a specialist situation such as a slightly modified car, for instance. And as you say, they offer extra perks such as guaranteeing to beat your insurer's renewal offer or free excess insurance. Obviously, the most important thing is still getting a deal that suits you at the right price, but it's worth taking notice of these extras. Uh, However, it's also worth using comparison sites to haggle with your current insurer. So once you've got those quotes from the comparison sites, take them to your current insurer and use those quotes to haggle with them. I would also recommend not leaving this the last minute. We found that if you renew your insurance just before it's due to run out, that can make it more expensive. Or if you want your insurance to start just after you've bought it, that can make it more expensive. So give yourself about a month's notice. And we also recommend paying annually rather than monthly if you can. Obviously, you know, car insurance in particular can be very expensive, a really scary bill to anticipate. But you can spread the cost using an interest-free credit card. 
The reason we advise against paying monthly is that insurers often charge interest and this can be pretty hefty. It can really add up. And haggling, I feel like it's something we maybe as Brits don't like to do very often, but it's so crucial. Do you both haggle? Uh, I've tried it with my insurer. It didn't work that time, so I switched, Uh, but it works very nicely abroad. I've actually done it once with my car insurance last year um, because it went up and I I actually had looked around and I knew I could get it cheaper somewhere else, but I did actually want to stay with them because I quite rate them. Um, So I basically said I can get it cheap with them and they actually did take a bit off. So that was good. And the same applies to other household bills as well, doesn't it? You know, broadband is a really big one for this. Yeah, definitely. Even if you're happy with your existing provider, it's still worth negotiating. The haggling, you know, typically leads to savings between five and seven percent. So it's definitely worth haggling. And if you know, if not, then switching. Like um, we mentioned with insurance, it's it you you know you can follow the same principles with your with your broadband. And I suppose another um, good tip to mention, just give a quick mention here, is that if you are switching um, with one of these household bills, broadband or insurance, it may also be worth trying to get cash back as well yeah we actually did a feature on this in our in our main witch magazine towards the end of last year my colleague Matthew looked at what he could get back using cashback sites for things like insurance Mm. um, booking his holidays um, and, and his Christmas shopping so that was really interesting because you can basically use cashback sites like Quidco or Top Cashback, where it, you know if you follow, there are certain rules around it. So we've got a guide on this, but you have to basically click onto the provider through the cashback site before you make the purchase. But there are some good deals on there. The only thing I would mention is is it's worth checking if they're recommended providers it's more important that you get the product that's right for you and treat the cashback as a bonus rather than select something just for the cashback well let's hear now then on how to save on the incredibly hot topic that is your energy bills and for this we've been catching up with which editor and energy expert emily seymour The number one way to cut your energy bills is usually to improve your insulation. So most of our homes in the UK are pretty energy inefficient. We leak a lot of heat and that means that you're wasting money that you're spending on gas. So anything you can do to keep that heat in will save on your bills. The second way that you can cut your bills, um, as well as making sure you've got good insulation, is to make sure you're not heating parts of your home that you're not actually using. Um, So if you have thermostatic valves on your radiators or a thermostat, a smart thermostat maybe that has kind of some more sophisticated controls on it, then do make sure you're only ever heating the parts of your house that you're actually in and that you need to be warm. You can, of course, also use portable heaters for that, so electric heaters. I'd recommend some caution with those because, you know, the price of electricity is so high at the moment that it, you know, you can quickly rack up a a big bill using an electric heater. But for a kind of short burst of heat, then they are worth looking at. The third way that you can improve your energy bills is by really making sure you're monitoring your appliance usage. 
So I don't mean not using them at all, but things like dishwashers, washing machines often have eco settings. Washing machines can save a lot of money on their um, usage if you use colder water. So washing at 30 degrees rather than 40 or 60, for example, um, making sure they're always full up. And things like tumble dryers, I think in the winter, it's really necessary to use a tumble dryer if you've not got places inside that you can sensibly dry clothes without creating damage problems but do try and make sure that you're only using them absolutely when you have to brilliant tips there from emily as always and there's just one more that i really think we should give a mention because we published an article on which about it and put a video on our social channels just before christmas and understandably it's gone wild because it really is a super simple tip that could cut your bills by hundreds a year and rob our producer i think you should unmute yourself now and we should rope you in here because as we spoke about before the show, I know you've been passionately spreading the word about this to friends and family. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't think that I would be the person that brings up boilers every time I see my family and friends, but apparently that's who I am now. It's something which does to you, I think, isn't it? (laughs) It really, really is. It really is. So I should get specific with what I'm talking about here. So this is a tip that we've been talking about a lot here at Witch. You've probably seen over on social. We did a great video about it. Also, we've been talking about it over on witch.co.uk as well. There's a brilliant article I'll put a link to in the description of today's episode. But this is all about turning down the flow temperature on your boiler. Now, if you look at the dials on your boiler, you might have one with a little radiator symbol, another one maybe with a tap symbol. So obviously that's to do with your heating and your water temperature. A lot of us have it too high. So if we turn it down to 60 degrees Celsius, obviously first check what temperature it currently is at. But if we turn it down to 60 degrees Celsius or even slightly lower, then we can save upwards of £100 a year on that. And that'll also help us reduce our energy use, of course, increase the boiler efficiency, might mean the boiler lasts a bit longer as well. It means that your room might take a few more minutes to warm up, but it shouldn't be a big thing really. And you can save some money. It's a really good one, isn't it? And I suppose, Rob, have your family and friends taken you up on it? Have they changed their combi boiler flow temperature? I actually took things into my own hands over Christmas. I love that. Yeah, I was visiting some family up in Newcastle and we went around to my grandma's and one of the first things I did after saying hello was I went into the cupboard, found the boiler, turned it, turned that flow temperature down because she had been quite reluctant to have her heating on because she was worried of course about how much it was going to be costing her but she's in her 80s so we've been saying to her obviously put your heating on where you can so I'm hoping that now I've turned down that flow temperature I've reassured her that that might save her a bit of money, that she's having that heating on a bit more often, which is obviously what we need when when the temperature drops. Brilliant. It's absolutely what all these tips are about, isn't it? You know, hi, Grandma. Happy Christmas. Where's your boiler? <laughs> <laughs> like you said earlier, that's what happens when you work at Witch. Doesn't it just? Um, I should say there are a few caveats um, if your home is, say, poorly insulated or your heating system is older. But as Rob said, we'll get a link to the full article in the description of today's show. And now then, before we get on to ways you might be able to shave a few pounds or even hundreds of pounds off your tax bill, can we talk about transport? Because train fares have been very much in the spotlight uh, since the news that fares would be rising by nearly 6% 
uh, in March. But Grace, for bus fares, it's quite a different story, isn't it? Yeah, uh, this actually, I'm quite excited about this. I haven't actually got a bus for a while, but I'm excited to try this out. But basically, um, until the end of March, single bus fares will be capped at £2. So this is a Department for Transport scheme, and there's lots of operators taking part. One of the routes, actually, with the biggest saving is the Leeds to Scarborough route, where you can save £13, according to the, uh, the government. Though it did say that the average person will probably save £2.80. Not all bus operators are taking part and there are certain routes that are excluded so you can find a full list online and this only applies to single fares. Now for the trains um, as we said is a different story because these will be going up in March by 5.9%. Um, though this only applies to regulated fares that's around 45% of Uh, train fares and it mainly includes season tickets some off-peak return tickets on long distance journeys um, and anytime tickets around major cities so obviously if you do buy a season ticket if you buy it anytime before the fares go up you can obviously lock in the existing price I feel like I talk about this so much on the podcast but it is worth considering a rail card um, to help keep the cost of travel down. They're no more than £30 a year and they do pay for themselves with a few off-peak train journeys. Uh, there are nine rail cards available and the discounts vary from a third of fares to 50%. But we've also got loads of advice on how to split your ticket, which is when you separate the journey into maybe like three or four parts, but to save money. So you're still on the same journey, you just have, say, four different tickets. Thanks, Grace. And now then, for our final topic of today, can we tackle what is really the huge subject of tax and specifically how we can cut the amount of tax we pay? Sam, can you take this one? Yes. So if you're married or in a civil partnership where one of you is a basic rate taxpayer and the other is a non-taxpayer, I have good news for you. But I will explain those terms before we get into it. So we can all earn £12,570 in income without paying income tax per year. This is known as the personal allowance. If you earn more than this per year, but under £50,270, you're a basic rate taxpayer. If your partner earns less than £12,570, then they're classified as non-taxpayer. And crucially, they can transfer some of their allowance to you they can transfer £1,260 of their allowance to you. That's essentially an extra £1,260 per year of earnings on which you're paying no income tax. So that's potentially a couple hundred pounds saved. This is called the marriage allowance. It's all about transferring part of that allowance from the lower earning partner to the higher earning partner. And it's really worth doing. The bad news, it's not automatic. The lower earner needs to apply online to HMRC. This is easy, but you will need to do it. It's not going to be applied automatically. Go direct to gov.uk forward slash apply marriage allowance. Don't use a private company. They'll charge you. They provide very little assistance uh, and it's just really not worth it. But let's end on some good news. You can backdate unused marriage allowance by up to four tax years. If you do this, HMRC will actually send you a cheque in the post, which is a wonderful way to start the year. Uh, If you do marriage allowance just for this year, it's taken off your tax bill. So while you won't see that money in cash, uh, you may notice a difference in your bank balance. 
Thanks, Sam. That's such a good tip. And crucially, as you say, it's not automatic. So do check if that would apply to you or any of your your nearest and dearest. And to end then, uh, as a final part of today's show, as this is our first show of 2023, I would love to hear from you, our experts, if you have any money-saving New Year's resolutions. So my fixed-term mortgage, where I've enjoyed a very low rate for almost five years, is coming to an end in August, which is deeply depressing. And I've kind of been avoiding the issue despite writing about it extensively. Mm -hmm. But my New Year's resolution is to discuss uh, that mortgage with a mortgage broker to see what my options are to be realistic with my budgeting and that, you know, life is going to get slightly more expensive, but I can mm. deal with it. I think it is for all of us, isn't it? That seems to be the story that's that's just, you just keep hearing in the news. And Grace, uh, do you have any money saving New Year's resolutions? Yeah, I do have one actually. Um, and that's because I have some savings um, in an account and they are doing nothing. It's a high street bank um, who like my current accounts with. So it's very lazy of me. And I know that I can definitely be getting a better rate if I move them. Obviously, this is something that we write about so much. And I know that I'm missing out on interest. Um, You know, I know it's not going to be life changing, but it's something that's just worth doing because they should definitely not be in my high street bank savings account. I know there's better options out there. um, So I'm going to move them. And I have to second that, Grace. I still have the same savings account I had when I was saving for our wedding and the rate for that is is next to nothing now. So definitely one to pick up for the new year. And producer Rob, can we bring you back for, for this final bit? Do you have a, a news resolution you can share with us? I do. It's actually something we mentioned earlier on in the episode. It would be, and I've never done it before, it would be to use cashback sites. Mm. So... I've got a lot of big purchases on the way. I think I mentioned on the podcast a few weeks ago before Christmas, have just bought a flat, which is very exciting. However, it doesn't have any appliances in it at the moment. So one of my big jobs, even for this week, really, is to buy some appliances. I need a new fridge freezer. I need a new washing machine. But loads of friends have told me about this. Obviously, we've been talking about it on the podcast. I'm going to have a look at those cashback sites. And obviously, because they're going to be relatively big purchases, Hopefully, it can get a bit of bit of money back when I'm doing it as well. So that'll be my resolution for the year, I think, just to try out those cashback sites a bit more. A hundred percent. I've actually been using cashbacks now for quite a few years, and um, I think I've made about near three hundred pounds, which is not bad considering all it really is doing is, as Grace said earlier, it's clicking from one website to another. Totally, they look really easy to use, and I wish me and you had had that conversation sooner. <laughs> Thank you so much to Sam and Grace and Rob for coming on the show today and to you for listening to this week's episode of the Witch Money Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please do hit subscribe to make sure you catch us again next week. For money news and advice, find us on social media at Witch Money and online at witch.co.uk forward slash money. And we also have a free money newsletter, which is delivered to your inbox every Monday. To sign up, visit witch.co.uk forward slash money newsletter. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was recorded, produced and edited by Rob Lilly with additional support from Grace Witherden and Matt Jenkins.